Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 98, Sumit Gupta Applies Leadership Beyond Work. Here's a shout out to listeners in California, specifically Los Angeles, Mill Valley, Ontario, Redlands, and in North Carolina, Albemarle, Anglia, Asheville, and Boone. With that, let's get started. If Summit is a colleague of yours, you might know him as a software engineer, leadership coach, entrepreneur, or even as a photographer. According to Summit, what you don't know about him is he has spent most of his life staying invisible. He says he uses his computer and camera as tools for him to hide. And even when he leads teams, he prefers to be more like a coach and to enable others to shine. Summit is passionate about helping people develop their mission and maximize their effectiveness. Summit writes, I am gifted at helping people see their power because I spent so much of my life hiding my own. I see where you are powerful, even when you cannot. Summit is on a mission to change how people lead, but also he wants to change the world. He wants to live in a place where people can discuss issues with love as comrades, but not as adversaries. Part 1. Do you think you work with superheroes? In my research, I found seven leadership principles. One of the two most common ones, which comes up over again on this show, is simply called Believe in Others. It's easy to understand, but somewhat difficult to know how to put it into practice. Sure, most people can do it where it's obvious, but often we don't think that way. Summit shares a story that touches on this principle, believe in others, but he doesn't use those words. He describes it in a different way. Here's Summit. I remember this was uh, one of my managers around, I think, seven or eight years ago. He told me something which totally changed how I looked at my team. What he told me was that consider that every team member you have is a superhero, is a champion. And I was like, what? And he said that before every meeting and before you start your every day, just walk into a meeting thinking about imagining that everybody is a superhero. Yes, but everybody is not a superhero. He said that that's the point. When you walk into a meeting, when you walk into a conversation, believing somebody for a higher standards, they will show up as that person. And you will let go of some beliefs or judgments which you might have which will eventually show up in the conversation. Now, when I think about it, at back then, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But now when I think about it, it has totally transformed how I deal with people, how I deal with conversations, especially difficult conversations. And I do this small practice before walking into any meeting. I imagine whom I'm going to talk to. And I imagine that person as, as the best version of what their role is, what their job function requires them to be. One of the I think it's the first principle of leadership because it keeps coming up over and over again in these episodes is the principle of believe in others. It sounds so simple and obvious to a lot of people, but there's a great deal of depth in those words. I think your manager and what you've uncovered and you're sharing with people is just what you said. If you believe in others, it gives them the possibility of reaching a higher standard It's amazing how much people can achieve with some support and belief in them. I think you are exactly spot on. 
nobody wants to show up to be a jerk or to be underperformer at work yet i meet so many leaders on a day to day basis who have basically given up on somebody because of something which happened in the past when you walk into a meeting like giving up on somebody even if you don't want to it will have an impact the other person can sense that exactly what you shared right believing in somebody believing in somebody's potential believing in somebody's good intentions i think that's the most important thing believing in somebody's good intentions and the possibilities that they can be not just who they have been in the past can actually transform that person allow that person to expand in that space which you provide because when you are thinking of somebody as a superhero when you're using language when you're speaking to them i know you are better than this it will show up you are creating space for them to expand rather than putting boundaries or putting pressure on them by saying you didn't do that well or you didn't perform according to the standards or any kind of criticism or judgment basically pushes people down instead as leaders what you should be aiming to do is to create a space where they can expand when you believe in someone i mean really believe in them it opens up opportunities that may not have been possible before you've taken this more of a positive perspective of who people are that you work with i think totally it totally shifts first of all who you are in your leadership presence with that person if you are accusatory if you are going into a meeting already thinking about somebody being a poor performer it will show up in your tone of voice it will show up in your body even if you don't intentionally want it to if you go into a meeting relaxed if you go into a meeting thinking of somebody and believing in their potential even without speaking a word the other person will be able to pick it up and they will feel at ease and that will subconsciously allow the person to even hear criticism better even hear feedback better and then improve this doesn't mean we turn a blind eye towards what is going on this only says that we approach every conversation with the lens of like this person has huge potential and then how can i create space for this person to to show up like that part 2 discovering what it means to lead if you're new to the business world you might make the mistake of thinking that authority is necessary to be able to influence other people <laughs> not so The most effective influence does not come from a position of authority or power. This is something which I had learned when I started my business career. In this story, Summit shares an experience that changed how he views a leadership and how influence really works. Again, here's Summit. This is a story from around 10 years ago and this is uh, the most powerful event of my life. And it happened by accident. I didn't plan for it. I was a software engineer. I was working in Yahoo at that time. I was leading a few software development teams. That's all I had done. If you were to ask me who I was, I would say I'm an introvert and I am a software development leader. That's it. And what happened back then? I I heard of a anti-corruption protest happening in my city and also in in some other cities. I was in India back then. I sent a email to the organizers that I want to participate in the protest which is happening in my city. They replied back to me that there is no protest planned for your city, but do you want to organize one? and i don't know what got into me that day maybe i was having a good day i was very confident and i said yes i want to organize a anti corruption protest and i had no idea what i was getting into because that was something totally alien to me and i had around 4 months to plan that in the next 4 months i got together a team of volunteers i did things which i never thought i could do i reached out to politicians i reached out to freedom fighters social activists i reached out to the police to make sure that there is no legal problems with what we were doing 
I reached out to the media to make sure that there is appropriate support for the protest. And I learned a lot in that process. Even then, I thought that I would maybe get 100 people to show up in, on that day. What happened was 400 people showed up and walked 11 kilometers. This was covered in almost every major newspaper. Then it got me thinking, right? If I can do this, if this is possible with my leadership, then what else can I do? I never thought something like this would be possible. This was an eye-opener moment for me. I had been working with a coach and during these four months, that coach provided me tremendous support to deal with a lot of uncertainty which, which I experienced and things which I never even knew that they existed. When I, because when I signed up for this, I didn't even knew what all would be required to make this a success. That led me to where I am today. That's the most transformative story of my life. With a coach and probably with other people, especially if you're going out and asking for volunteers and reaching out to politicians, that you had a lot of support, which enabled you and added to your capabilities for forming this protest. I think absolutely. I think what you shared about volunteers, I think with my work, with my normal leadership, everybody was reporting to me. And that's a very different kind of leadership when you are working with volunteers. So you use your language, you use your conversations very differently when you're talking to volunteers versus you're talking to people who are getting a salary, who are reporting to you. So that taught me how to influence people without using my authority. Because there was so little time and so much to do, I had no choice but to ask for help. I had no choice but to ask for advice. As leaders and managers, I have seen so many people and even myself back then, I was in the story of that I can do everything or I have to figure it out everything by myself. And that showed me the power of showing vulnerability, showing that if you say, I don't know what to do, can you help me? Can you advise me? What should I do now? Just these simple phrases can be very difficult to speak, but it allowed me because there was no time for me to figure out what to do. I was kind of forced to do that, but it allowed me to understand that what a big advantage we lose when we don't ask for help. Years ago, I guess it was, I read a book called The Wisdom of Crowds. In it, the author talked about how the knowledge and experience that a group has is greater than any individual because you were saying to volunteers and to other people, I don't know, or I'm not necessarily believe I have the right answers. It gives the group to generate solutions that would be greater than one person's abilities to generate. Exactly. And I think that's where the power of leadership comes in. The real value of leadership or the real power of leadership only appears when you work with a team or a, or a group of people. You can be a leader on your own. Yes, that's possible. But you are still limiting yourself if you're not asking and going along with your team. And if you're trying to move along, and that's very true, right? That's the irony. Leadership is a lonely job. A lot of leaders could say that, like leadership is lonely. Nobody understands them. People suffer because of that. Yet at the same time, leadership is not lonely because the definition of leadership is by working with a group, by working with a community, you create a result which is impossible to achieve by one person alone. The definition of leadership acknowledges the presence of others while we don't acknowledge the wisdom while, as you said, right, we don't acknowledge that they are also there to support us, not just to follow us. They're there to support us as leaders. Sometimes we need to go there, learn from them and follow them. If you think about people in management, there's managerial tasks that you typically need to do, like performance reviews and things like that. But there's a lot, almost, I would say the majority of the interactions that a manager has with direct reports 
if they do what you did in the first part, believe in them and think of them as volunteers rather than paid employees that are conditioned to do what you want them to do, I think you might have a much better outcome. Yeah, I think that's a very good frame because a lot of people live under the assumption that if I tell somebody what to do, they basically buy into that. I think one thing which I have learned with human communication and human behavior is that you cannot force anybody to do anything. You can only create a space in which that person realizes that that's what they should do. A lot of leaders come to me like, how do I motivate others? I think you can't motivate others. You can't inspire others. You can only set the right example and you can create a space by your conversations, by your listening that allows that person to motivate themselves. That sense of volunteers, I think what you mentioned, right? So your, your people are not working for you. They are working alongside you, together with you to achieve a larger result. That's why they are there. If you force them to do it, if you force them by reward or punishment, yes, you will get obedience, you will get compliance, but you will not get creativity. You will not get innovation. It's all relative to the individual. So in some cases, you may have someone new who you want to do a, a particular task and you know that person doesn't know how to do it. That's totally different. That's where you can be directive. You can coach them. You can guide them to develop their capabilities so that they can do that task over and over again in the future. There's so many opportunities like we're describing where people are capable, they have the ability to do things, they have the experience to do things. And that's when believing in them, treating them like volunteers, getting them engaged in the dialogue makes all the difference in the world. Exactly. And I think even in the first case, which you mentioned that if somebody is new or if somebody is going through a tough time, you can still be honest about them. You can still go ahead and talk to them and tell them that, look, you're new and I want to make sure you have the right support. So I'm going to check in a bit more frequently than I usually do. Feel free to tell me to back off if it's bothering you. Or if somebody is an underperformer, you can be very honest about it. I'm finding it difficult to trust you right now because of these specific past incidents. That's why I'm going to just keep a closer eye. Once we build that trust, once we build a relationship together, I will back off and feel free to ask me to do so if you feel that you're ready. Even the command and control, even the micromanager is under the larger context of supporting your team to become the best that they are possible. It's not to, to control somebody, it's there to support somebody. Part three, are you ready for an audit? There are many things that we can do to develop leadership. Some are complicated, some are pretty straightforward, simple, some are practical, and some require a lot of effort. Some it advises us in a way that we can improve leadership. It either can take a lot of effort or not so much. It depends on you. Here's Summit with its advice. A lot of people, a lot of leaders come to me with uh, in a state of overwhelm. They have lack of time, they have too much to do. And one simple practice I advise them to do is to do a calendar audit. Basically go over every item which you have in your calendar and ask that, is it taking care of what you care about? As a leader, you care about your team. As a leader, you care about the results the team is producing. And that's it. What people found is that they do so many things which does not take care of their primary responsibilities because they're supposed to be in a meeting. It's a meeting because they could not say no. By doing this simple exercise, and I recommend people to do it every 15 days or so because the calendar gets filled up, even if you empty it out. What leaders have managed to do is they have managed to free up almost half of their calendar. 
that gives them a lot of space to actually do what takes care of the real results that they're accountable for. That whole process of prioritizing, I think that's powerful because just as you, you were saying, there's so many things that demand time from people in management. There's a feeling of obligation that if you're invited to a meeting, for example, you're expected to go because apparently it's important, but getting managers to critically think about, just like you said, what's important, what do you need to do to take care of what's important? you discover that maybe some of what I'm doing is not achieving that and it's making things worse than better. Exactly. A lot of people lack that clarity on what is important, what are the exact results that they are accountable for. So the first thing is to get aware of what you are trying to achieve. You can also do it with your teams. You can ask your team members, what is it that you care about? What is the result that you want to produce? And then feel free to say no to any request, any meeting which comes up, which goes against that. Or at least bring it up to me to have a conversation around that. Because if my team is doing something which they should not be doing, in a way, I am doing something which I should not be doing, right? I should be actually making sure that my team is every hour of my team's work effort is going into creating the results of the team and by extension i am responsible for and not just because it's a process or it's an obligation that's a powerful way to introduce to team members choice giving them options or enabling them to have options that they never thought they had a decision around when you do that it gives them some accountability for their actions and gets them critically thinking about how they're spending their time and the value of their time it may even help them appreciate the value they bring to an organization because of that exactly and i think this ties in with delegation normally we talk about delegation as delegating tasks but i think what leaders can do actually is to delegate decision making to their teams not just decide and then delegate what to do but give them what is the result that is intended to be produced and then let them choose this way or that way and then you can still come in and brainstorm with them you can still come in and help them refine their ideas but you can delegate decision making not just tasks my thanks to samit gupta if you'd like to learn more about Summit, go to the show notes. And if you have a question or comment, go to unlabelleadership.com, click the message icon, and leave a voicemail message for up to one minute. I'd like to thank those who support the show. Your contributions makes a difference because this is an all-volunteer service. Lastly, I'd like to thank you for listening. This is Gary DePaul. Until next time, lead on!